Mmm. I love these circus peanuts that I found. You want some? <laughs> um, no thanks. I'm good. Circus peanuts are kind of gross. They're free. They're free. You don't want you know, free circus peanuts? Really good. Do Guess you... where I found them. I was gonna say, where where did you acquire circus peanuts? I don't. I didn't even know they sold them anymore. Well, I was hanging down by the sewage filtration plant. <laughs> I got the feeling that I wanna be alone with you, and I got the feeling that you might wanna be alone with me too. Flick a finger and snap, just like that. And I had to say, hey, baby, let's go and make it home for our show. Simple defragmentation gets us to the point at last. But now relax until they give us all the memory back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, again. Welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. I know they still sell circus peanuts. I, I you find them at weird places like like Michaels, right? Well, I, I would assume <laughs> craft stores. <laughs> I would assume in the song that we're doing this week is Elephant Parade, and uh, I mean we'll get into the what's going on in this song lyrically, but just to focus on the circus peanut line from this song, like a bag of circus peanuts in a sewage drain. I guess you could take that as the candy circus peanuts, which is this this disgusting fake marshmallow. <laughs> right. Or since it's Orange an elephant flavored. parade, is it an actual bag <laughs> right. of peanuts from the circus? Right. I would assume it's a bag of peanuts sold at the circus. Oh, okay. Since it's an elephant parade, I would assume there's like circus imagery going on here. So do you know what the problem is? What? Is that there's no official lyrics. Right. So depending on which lyric site you go to of people that have sussed this out, some people choose to capitalize the circus peanuts. What? <laughs> oh, so oh, I oh. immediately I was, like... was like, sure, the product. <laughs> so Not God is a circus peanut, That's Danny. Because so <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you capitalize circus peanuts... It's the marshmallow candy. Right. If you lowercase it, it's actual peanuts in a bag from the circus. But you said capitalize. And I'm Who like, actually what? gets that, though? Who thinks the circus peanuts are God? <laughs> I mean, there could. I would not reject that there is actual, like, allegorical religious imagery in this song. I don't know. That's what we're going to figure out in this episode. I'm not going to hit this as hard as I hit some other recent songs where I'm like, there's no, <laughs> like, like Beeman, which we got to get to in a second. But like Beeman, how like vehemently I was against there being any religious connection, any Christ allegory at all, which there absolutely isn't. In this case, I would be open to hearing if there's, you know, song meanings or whatever. I'll be open to hearing all that, but just to think that the, for one second that someone thought the circus peanuts represented Christ. I was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, speaking of last week and Beeman, we did get in contact with Scott Cannon. Now, if you didn't hear our Beaming episode, I would say go back to it. I had the most fun of like any episode we've had in quite a while just because... When we listened to it, we thought it was kind of just a nonsense. For years, we just thought it was like a nonsense song about hanging out with Scotty from Star Trek and bossing him around or whatever. But then we found it's actually a tribute to Reliant K's tour manager, Scott Cannon. And we, you know, go listen to the episode to figure out how we figured that out. It is absolutely true. I DM'd Scott Cannon on uh, Instagram and... He replied and he gave us some answers. So nice. I think I'm just actually going to read these like flat out. <laughs> so, um, you know, I sent him the beaming music video that he was in. 
if you didn't listen to our beaming episode, you got it, or you didn't see this stuff on social media, you got to go check it out. And there's like an official, unofficial music video to Beeman that features Reliant K, basically. So I sent Scott the music video that we found on YouTube by Tara, who I'm always mixing up. Wait, is it Kara or Tara? See, now I keep mixing it up, and it's not Kara. It's Kara. It's not my fault. This isn't just a Danny thing of getting the wrong noun or mixing up or conflating something. When we were digging, when I was digging into Fried Steak's YouTube channel, who is who is Kara, there was somewhere in her channel where she called her, where she wrote down the word Tara. So I first thought she was Tara, and then when everyone who knows her started telling me her name's Kara, I, I couldn't get Tara out of my head. That's I, I was like set up to fail when I already have these like neurological issues of mixing up nouns sometimes. Anyway. Kara's <laughs> a sick name. That's right, because Jessica loves Supergirl. Yep. So um, let's see. So I sent Scott the a link to the YouTube video, and I said, have you... Uh, do you remember this video? Hi, we're Reliant K podcast. He had heard of us. And then he didn't reply until I tagged him in our upload on our Instagram of the music video. So he said, hello, sorry, I'm just seeing this now. And he answered some of my questions from earlier that I didn't read out just now. But he says, I worked for Reliant K for 10 and a half, for 10 and a half years from 2000 to 2011. Well, that's 10 years in one year. <laughs> Maybe he meant ten and a half a year, so he worked for he worked for Reliant K from two thousand to two thousand and eleven. That oh. answered one question that I had that I wasn't sure about. He was their tour manager. He says I was their tour manager and their front of house audio. Then I asked him who you know who Kara was and how she shot this music video with Reliant K in it. Right. <laughs> it also helped us understand that the song Beeman is about him. And he said, I remember Kara approached me randomly with her idea. She went to several shows over those years, but I don't remember which ones we actually met, where we actually met. I agreed to help her organize the whole video. She asked the guys to shoot their cameos and email them to her. They were kind enough to do it. Um, That's super cool. Yeah. And then I said, and then, uh, oh, and I said, there was a subtlety in the video that we missed when we watched it last week where when Scott Cannon first goes up to the Reliant K merch booth with a box that everyone forgot and is like, oh, guys, you forgot this box. One of the other Reliant K employees behind the merch booth is fanning himself with a big wad of money. (laughs) 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 And I noticed that later after we did the episode. It was so funny. So he said, haha, yeah, that is Tyler who was actually doing merch that summer. Later, he guitar teched for Reliant K on at least one tour or more. Uh, and then he said that Kara is a, just, a, she was a fan. She wasn't an employee. Cause we had to question, is she an employee? Right. Did she work for another band on Warp Tour? Cause we had so little context. And, you know, even when we asked Schneck, he wasn't a hundred percent sure she was around, but not a hundred percent sure. Um, so yeah, she was a fan, didn't work for anyone specifically. And he's not sure how she got the camera into Warp Tour. <laughs> He said that there might have been, he vaguely remembers a possibility that they helped bring the camera in, Mm -mm. but he's not 100% sure that he remembers that if he's kind of making up that memory. Yeah, we may have, he says, we may have helped sneak the camera in. I seem to remember scenario, but it may be my imagination, but it is entirely possible we met them in the parking lot and put the camera in one of our merch bins, but I'm not actually sure if that really happened. 
Then he says, confirming, yes, the song is about me. I think Thiessen really wanted to use those puns of beaming and all the different ways in which smiling and moving beaming means moving things right. around yeah. and all that stuff. Um, I said to him, that song is a, the, the fact that that song is about you is pretty lost now. We only found this video in one post on song meanings that put us on track to figuring this out last week. And he said, nice. I said how there's like three different meanings to the word beaming. And he said, yes, indeed. Very clever. And then I asked, uh, do you remember when you first heard the song? And at this point, I said, sorry, I'm suddenly interviewing you. But (laughs) we have to mention this next week. And Scott said, I'm pretty sure Matt played a snippet of the idea at a sound check one day. Then he later recorded the demo of it. I think the first time I heard the finished version was on the bus when everyone was reviewing mixes of Nashville Tennis. And he said, not 100% sure, though. And I said, that's great. We actually made up a hypothetical on the podcast, which we did, um, where we wondered if it was like a sound check buying time stage song that got fleshed out. And he said, yeah, that would happen a lot. Matt would play ideas he work, he was working on during sound checks, and some of them would show up in songs years later. So he's not confirming that, that it was a made-up song in a sound check or buying time live on stage but he said that is a possibility that there were a lot of songs that ended up like that or at the very least Tyson would practice new songs during sound checks um and then i invited him on the podcast he said did you know he, he no did, <laughs> no you're just saying no no he said no <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he said he would so i'll have to figure out what song makes sense for him to um be on in the future as though i would turn down guests right (laughs) yeah exactly and then we talked about dermike for a minute and he confirmed that you know he's the guy that would take dermike around during tours to get photos of him in front of oh cool tourist attractions and landmarks in the cities they would play so uh i said oh there's footage of that in one of the where the Buffalo and Cell Phone Roam webisodes, right, from 2003, the web series they did in 2003, where Dermot gets brought to the Alamo, and Scott confirmed, like, yeah, that's me. That's me taking him to the Alamo and where all the girls, like, gather around him. We did. <laughs> that's so funny. Just reminding you folks, go to our the uh, Sadie Hawkins Pod YouTube page where we did a Twitch stream that was archived to YouTube called Where the Buffalo and Cell Phone Stream, where we watched all eight episodes of the 2003 Reliant K web series. We did it as an anniversary episode uh, for this show, and it's up there now. Um, Yeah, so I got all this great information and confirmed that the song is definitely about Scott. It is not about I thought you were going to talk about we how we things like the internet and coffee. (laughs) Right. I thought you were going to talk about how we had Dermike himself on I the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I did let Scott know we have had the Dermike on for Seen and Heard. <laughs> so that's all I had to say about that. Forrest Gump. Oh, Quote boy. from Forrest Gump. I feel like you did that last week as well. <laughs> did I say all I had? To, that's all I had to say about that. Uh, it was either last week or the week before. You're starting to see through my facade that I've really only got two jokes and I just repeat them over and over. You've known that for a long time. So I also have to mention this last week I was on Magnified Pod because they had their season finale and they wanted to do a thing where they, you know, they do a game. They do a trivia game on the show every week where Andrew usually quizzes John. And once in a while they've turned the table and had John quiz Andrew. 
and it usually has a tie-in for the theme of what they're doing that week. This time, they wanted both of them to compete against each other and someone else to be the game master. So that was me. I came up with the game. It didn't tie in perfectly, but it's a thing we've talked about doing on this show, but we don't have like reasons to do trivia games on the show. Right. But now we just got to do it. And the reason we're doing it... We do those quizzes when they come up every now and then. <laughs> right. And the reason we're doing it this week is because we did it on... Magnif- I did it on Magnified Pod last week. So we can compare your score. So we're doing this as part of the top of the show. Yes, we're doing it right now. Now we'll kind of blast through it a lot faster than if you go and listen to Magnified Pod and hear, you know, uh, we talk about each band a little bit. We'll go through this a little faster because we do got to get to the elephant parade. What's more? (laughs) So the game is Christian metal band or secular metal band. And I'm going to give you the name of a band that I almost guarantee most of these you haven't heard of. Right. Okay. Maybe one of them or two of them you've heard of. Okay. So for Andrew and John, the game makes a lot of sense because like they might not follow metal closely, but they've been in, you know, stores and they've heard of bands and you know they And we all know I've never been in stores before. Well <laughs> there's that of course. You've never been shopping. You've been a recluse your entire life. <laughs> I was online shopping before it was a thing. I just need a pen, I realize I need to write down your score. I guess I could I guess I you really came prepared. Yeah, I guess I could have scored you in the edit, but uh, we'll do it now. So don't look. <laughs> I wasn't looking. I was trying to figure out what that paper was that you were writing on. It's the receipt <laughs> to your mouth guard. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. We'll blast through these rather quickly. All right. So I'm gonna get. So I'm gonna do the grouping ones first. I did a little mix-up where I had a. You know, this is to get you started. I'll give you a multiple choice. Okay. As a well, it's all multiple choice because it's Christian or secular. But here's the idea. I'm going to give you a grouping of okay. two bands, and you tell me which one's the Christian one. And by okay. extension, you'll have told me which one's the secular one. So this grouping is themed by Star by Star Wars. Okay. So, <clears throat> Christian or secular, the two bands are X, Death Star X, and Vader. Which <laughs> one's the Christian band? Death Star or Vader. And I mean, what is more Christian than Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a redemption story. He kills story. younglings. <laughs> I mean, really, we should be doing Prodigal this week if we're going to do an Air for Free song that ties in the Vader. Deathbed, or Deathbed, Deathbed Confession. There's that music video on YouTube. I mean, the X, that applies to- Death Star X, leads me to think, oh, straight edge. So maybe that would be a bit more Christian. But also, the X is, if you add one more, then it's something very different. So... <laughs> yeah, but which end do you add it to because the x's are separate so it'd be xx death star x i mean oh man this is hard you we gotta just uh uh, darth vader you should have gone with your first you should have gone with your first inclination because this the straight edge band they are a straight edge band death star is a straight edge band and they're christian so this next grouping is norwegian black metal and you have to just totally guess on this Okay, and Christian un- Christian black metal is known as unblack metal. Okay. Right? I guess it could be called white metal, but that's technically like, you know, a whole nother thing, I guess. Oh, okay. I don't think it's a whole nother thing. I just think people would be like white metal. Although, you know, so many black metal bands 
are like a lot of them are neo-nazi actually like the black metal scene has a lot of like violent like anytime you hear about you know because you listen to true crime any like (laughs) awful thing that has happened from a metal musician odds are nine out of ten they're like an actual like evil black metal band right so i mean i have stepped back from from the true true crime scene quite a bit right in the past few months but yes (laughs) so here are the bands thimble winter and himmelricht oh my gosh you just gotta take a 50 50 chance himmel winter him and winter is what if you mixed it's the up christian the, band you, you made that impossible for me to judge because you took a syllable from each name the first one you're saying the one with winter thimble in winter it. is thimble winter it sounds like you're sewing and it's winter time and, and it's cozy the, and they love the lord that you're saying Fimble Winter is the Christian band. Yeah. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> Himmelricht is the Christian band. Fimble Winter is secular. Last grouping, and this is the Messiah Rock grouping. So tell me which of these is Christian. Messiah Prophet or Messiah Force? Well, I don't know. Force sounds really forceful, so I'm going to go... Well, I mean, Christians can be pretty forceful, but I was going <laughs> to go... I don't think that they would own up to that, so I'm going to go with the first one. You I've think gone with that the first Messiah one. Prophet time I just realized. Yes. Correct. Messiah oh. Prophet is an early first generation Christian metal. I'm band. knocking this one out of the park. Yep. So now we go to just the rapid fire list. Okay. So this is I'm just going to say a band name and you tell me Christian or secular. Sacrament. <laughs> secular. Incorrect. Damn it. <laughs> uh Progressive thrash metal band from Philadelphia, 89 to 94 is what I wrote. Creator is the next band. Creator, secular or or Christian? Christian. Incorrect. Damn it! <laughs> not only are they not Christian, but they're like, they have like satanic lyrics. I don't oh, know if they're what? really, I don't really know if they're actual Satanists or they just sing heavily of like evil satanic themes. Next one, secular or Christian, baptized in blood? Secular. Correct. Correct. Baptized in Blood Canadian metal band managed by Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. Nice. Next band, Crossfaith. Christian. Incorrect. They're a, they're a metalcore band from Japan. They're a very recent band. Okay, next one. Lamb of God. I know this one. They are secular. That is correct. That was a gimme. And touring with Megadeth. <laughs> That's right. They are. <laughs> Uh, the next and one they is, have a song and guitar hero. That's the only reason why I know who they are, <laughs> apart from the email I got that they're touring with Megadeth. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Blood and Fire, and the word "and" is a letter "n," so it's like Boys in the Hood. Blood and Fire. Secular. No, Chris. Really? Yeah. Uh, and not only that, but they have an. Incredibly... It sounded like a cool, like like eighties metal band. Re- like an 80s hair metal band. I don't think band. that this band is a cool band. They're like a funk metal band from the 90s. And one of their album covers is a giant Jesus looking directly at the earth and crying. And oh, it's wow. become a meme in and of itself. Wait, so this was cover. secular or not secular? This was Christian. Oh, okay. This was Christian. And you said secular. So next one, Blood Covenant. Secular. Incorrect. Really? <laughs> These names, though. Indian Christian metal band from Tamil or Tamil. How am I doing compared to Magnified Pod? I don't think you're doing as well. I'll have to take a look. (laughs) Uh, Vengeance Rising, Christian or secular? Secular. 
Incorrect. Damn it! You know, you've done so many Christian ones in a row. I thought if I, I guessed them, secular, I was like, I've got to be right at some point. I put these in a, I put these in a randomizer, and then oh, I only moved like two around did. because two were like a little too close to each other. Okay, next one, Exodus. That's like a secular 80s band. Yes, it is. That's yeah. correct. Okay. Uh, next one, Seventh Angel, Christian or secular? Secular. Incorrect. It's <laughs> a <laughs> Christian band. That's the point of this game, is that like, the, whole, the part of the reason I thought of this game is because like, Christian words are not owned by Christians. Like, yeah, I'm guessing of, that they're all secular. Yeah, like things like angels, like everybody owns Exactly. Angels. That was so far detached from right. Christianity that I'm like, that's gotta be just like a normal, like right. run of the mill, non-faith uh, related band. The next one, uh, we got five left. So we're almost oh there. Then we get to talk about Elephant Parade. The next one is Hell Patrol. Now, maybe you heard Magnified Pod posted the clip of this one. And I saw you liked it, but you might not have actually specifically listened to it. Nope. You're good. No, it's good that you didn't. <laughs> you didn't cheat. You made sure not to listen to it. Christian. Incorrect. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I need to check your score against Andrew and John's. Uh, not only is Hell Patrol not a Christian band, but there are actually seven bands called Hell Patrol, and none of them are Christian. Amazing. You know, it's a great song, Dawn Patrol by Megadeth. That is I'm just going to talk song, about yeah. the one metal band I know. So I don't think there's any famous Hell Patrol. I think it's just a name that a lot of people like ran to try to grab, and like they all, you know, none of them made it really big. But the next band I have here is called Impending Doom. Secular. Incorrect. <laughs> I lost my note, but I had to look. <laughs> I lost I lost the answer on the sheet. Because also you're gonna get more questions than Andrew and John got, because how oh towards the end of the towards the end of the segment. I accidentally like erased a bunch of my notes. I had to go through Google history oh, to no. find. Th- I had to go through Google history to get them back, but I lost the answer to these last four, so I just kind of have to know. So no, that was incorrect. They were they were a Christian band, actually featuring members of Death Star that we mentioned earlier. Um, the next one, Testament. Take a time. Take a moment to think about it while I go grab the score sheet. Like I from really, and I really think that they're secular. But every time I guess secular, I'm incorrect. So like it well, leads you, me you, to you, want to guess Christian. Don't overthink yourself. Like just go with your gut. Secular. Correct. And I'm so yes. glad I pushed you towards it because you were gonna overthink it. Okay, last. I was thinking two. overthinking. You were last two. All right. Horde. Horde. Like a horde of orc. That's so generic. I know it is so generic. That's another reason why I picked it. And then you said the whole orc thing, so that really threw me. Uh... They're not. They're not orc related, though. I shouldn't have said that. Just a horde, like a horde, a group of things. Sure, but they're uh... not a fantasy band. Christian. That is correct. They were the first notable Christian black metal band. They oh. didn't call themselves Unblack Metal, but their album was called Unblack Metal. So that's where the sort of spin-off genre of Unblack Metal got its name. Which, coincidentally, the band Venom, who are also a very satanic lyric band, 
they had a song called black metal or an album called black metal and that's where black metal gets its name from even though venom was more thrashy than black metal i am interested in this stuff but i definitely don't i'm interested in histories of music right but i'm not actually gonna know all the bands and stuff i don't know most of the bands on this list so last one so let's see how you're scoring so far and then i'll give you the last one so andrew got five right and John got three right, so that's eight. So they had eight between them. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm not that far behind, You're although not that far I had behind. more questions. And you have more questions. <laughs> so if you get this next one right, okay, you will well, at least please be striper. You will at least please be, be one. striper. Please be striper. <laughs> you will be one point short of them. This last one is Metal Church. Secular. Correct. Yay! So, Andrew and John with seven. I'll have to figure out how many questions I actually gave them, and then we'll figure out because I definitely later. have more more X's over there than checks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, good. I'm glad. So, yeah, we just dropped that into the Elephant Parade episode, but it, it just tied in time wise, and that was fun. I had fun with that. Oh, hell, uh, Metal Church. that's another so testament and metal church this is all part of the reason why i got into metal last year you know and especially thrash metal and testament is a band that i've really enjoyed and i'm like they got like a christian sounding name but they're not a christian band and i discovered metal church and that sounds like a christian band but it's like an ironic name and metal church actually was one of the first bands to like bridge the gap i guess apparently i've read this between like british heavy metal that you would think of with like iron maiden or priest or whatever you know, into thrash with like Metallica and Megadeth and stuff. Metal Church is kind of the bridge between those, at least according to Wikipedia. So there's all that. Now quickly, and then we'll get into Elephant Parade. (laughs) (laughs) Not like we got like a very dense lyrical song. Yeah, exactly. But we have a bunch of voicemails and some of these, if you called in this week, we'll get to them next week. But there's a few that relate directly back to last week. So we don't want to miss them. Uh, and here's one from Kai. Kai is calling back to confirm the spelling of his name, which I questioned last week. Hey, Danny and Jeff. It's Kai again. Uh, my name is spelled K-A-I. Uh, that's my full name. It's not short for anything. And strangely enough, I actually am the villain in The Vampire Diaries. So good call on that one, Jeff. Uh, I just finished the Beeman episode, um, and Danny, for your your podcast order, yeah, I'm uh, I'm listening to the new episode and then just gunning my way through the rest of them while I'm at work every day. So I estimate that we'll uh, we'll catch up pretty soon. Maybe I'll start a Sadie Hawkins pod challenge of how fast you can get through all the episodes. We'll see. Nice. Well, thank you, Kai. Now the water bubbler is bubbling. Yeah, I was going to say sorry. Well, it's it's going to do that for another minute. <laughs> Jessica got off. a glass of water during that voicemail. <laughs> and now when it gets low, it just gurgles for like two minutes. So pretend you're not hearing that. Pretend also, I show. knew it, although I thought that you were banished to a, uh, a prison world. Although I think he got out in like uh, in, in Legends <laughs> oh, or something. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really caught up on that one. <laughs> so it was just like his name's Kai. And I don't know what other spellings of Kai there are. But for some reason, when I saw K-A-I, I don't know. I was it's just totally like, is that normal. how you spell Kai? Yeah. I guess that's how you spell Kai. 
Cool. Okay. I'm sorry I questioned it, Kai. Thank you for listening and thank you for staying with us after that whole the spelling of your name debacle. Well, he called back, so let's hear about this. Since I owe him, we definitely don't want to miss this next voicemail. Oh, man, Danny and Jess, it's Kai again. Sorry, I'm almost, there's no way this won't be covered in a, a future voicemail, but I'm on the part two of Be My Escape. Y'all are going through some fan fiction stuff, and uh, there's a part about Zane Malik's solo project, Zane. And I almost got into a car accident from laughing hearing you guys stumble through, uh, stumble through the pronunciation and the mystery of what that project is. So I, uh, I appreciate you. Stay safe out there. Nice. And the water bubbler, the water cooler stopped while we were in that voicemail. <laughs> we didn't just talk about it for a whole minute and then it stopped. And then I decided let's edit this like it stopped on its, like at the right moment. Nope, not at all. So, uh, I don't even remember that fan fiction moment. Do you remember that? I, I vaguely honest. remember the fanfic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't. I know. remember us definitely being like, wait, who is, this is One Direction. This is what, okay, what's going on here, but who else is involved? And yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would say like at this point when we've, we've done, we're like at over almost 130 episodes or something like that now. It's not like I would, if I listened to a past episode, I would probably be like, oh, yeah, but just trying to recall everything. But I'm so, you know, it's, it's tough, but I'm so glad. I'm not glad that we made him laugh so hard or this yeah. situation made him laugh so yeah. hard that he almost ran off the road. That wouldn't have been good. Uh, but we we are glad to provide entertainment. Yes, that's, that's what, what we hope for. to do. So here's... An- Otherwise, why would two non-musically inclined people have a music podcast? Exactly. So here's a voicemail from someone that we've heard that we'll be hearing from in a way later on. This is John Savage from JC Keith calling up. Hey, Danny and Jess, this is John Savage from uh, JC Keith. This is my, I think, yes, yeah, my first time calling in. Uh, I am listening to the episode about beaming, and I had a funny headcanon that I wanted to share. Uh, so the, the part in the song when Matt is singing the, oh, whoa, oh, oh, you know we're beaming. In my mind, it always sounded like something that Toby Mac would do. And there was an album, I think it came out in 2010. I mean, that's, I know that's after when Burden the B-Sides came out. But there's a song called Hold On where he does almost the exact same melodic line. Um, whoa, whoa, oh, oh. So, I don't know, in my head I was pictured, for some reason, Toby Mac just happened to be in the studio the day that they were recording Demon, and uh, he's like, hey, man, why don't you add some whoa-oh's in there? And then they did, and that's the song we have. But who knows if that really happened. But I always like to think it did. Anyway, I... uh Hope you're doing well. Um, I might start calling more uh, in the future. Um, love what you're doing. Keep on keeping on. All right. Bye. I wouldn't have thought, you know, I haven't listened to a lot of Toby Mac. I've listened to DC Talk, but I've never really yeah. listened to much of the, any of their solo work. I just didn't. For the same reason I don't listen to pop music, I didn't listen to Christian pop music, you know. <laughs> so 
uh, I would never, I, I never kind of knew that Toby Mac would be a O guy, you know, like that's such a pop punk thing. You would expect it from Reliant K, but oh, for it to be with Toby Mac, for call. Toby Mac to be doing it as well, interesting. Yeah. I like that though. It's a good headcanon. And speaking of the O, it's David Park. Last voicemail now, and then we'll do the rest of these next week. David Park called up in really, oh, and thank you, John, for calling. Uh, David Park called up in relation to the O's in the song. Danny and Jeff, it's David from Jimmy Eat Pod, trying not to wake my family as I listen to your latest episode where you talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show. I grew up having watched the film. And to me, because the W-O-O's sounds like a late night double feature picture show, it sounds like the same W-O-O's and Beeman right. as there are in the opening song to Rocky Horror. So that's how it connects David isn't actually speaking of the O specifically, but Rocky Horror. And never really gravitated toward it. And it was the other movie that my parents showed me that was a rock opera that I always preferred. And that's always been my go-to film snobbery approach, um, which is to tell people, no, I don't like Rocky Horror Picture Show. I like and prefer the Brian De Palma Paul Williams rock opera, Phantom of the Paradise, which is absolutely incredible. Wondering if you guys have seen it, what your thoughts are on it. And I just, yeah, if there were live performances of Phantom of the Paradise, I would be there for them. That's my type of film. And then I remember in high school, I saw Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which was the new, like, everybody who's into Rocky Horror is into this. And I was like, oh, yes, this is light years beyond anything I remember about Rocky Horror because at that point I didn't remember the film all that well anymore. And even though I said that then, I have not seen Hedwig and the Angry Inch since high school. But I remember really enjoying it. But Phantom of the Paradise is my 70s rock opera preference. Okay, bye. Have we seen Phantom <laughs> of the Paradise? Of course we have, yes. <laughs> I think, Danny, that's actually your preference over Rocky Horror as well, isn't it? No, I don't know. I wouldn't. I would. Why not both? Why not? Like, I, like Tony true. Stark said, why not both? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't necessarily compete them against each other in my mind i remember you going through like a like a a phantom of the paradise phase though well yeah it was actually right after we moved here in 2014 to la is when we discovered that movie we watched we got here we went to the new beverly and they played the trailer for it and we were like what is this and i saw phantom of the paradise they're like oh i've seen that title but i had no idea it was like this like musical rock thing in the vein of a Rocky Horror with a slight science fiction aspect to it. Not a big science fiction. There's just some sci-fi machinery that they use in it. Yeah, it has Paul Williams in it. And that same year, we also watched Shock Treatment. 2014, we watched Shock Treatment, which is the pseudo-sequel to Rocky Horror with most of the same cast but not nearly everybody. Like, none of the famous ones. None of the, not the main three. <laughs> you don't have Susan Sarandon, you don't have Tim Curry, and you don't have Barry Bostwick, right? Yeah. But you have pretty much everyone else. And incidentally, they replaced Susan Sarandon with Jessica Harper, who is the woman from Phantom of the Paradise. And Jessica Harper is also in Suspiria, 
She was yeah, like she an was amazing a, actress. Yeah, seventies, very, very like seventies, very seventies, but with a very genuine quality on screen. And yeah. she should have been a bigger star. Absolutely, and she wasn't, and it's a shame. But yeah, Phantom of the Paradise. It's it's it's. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit more. F- it's so funny because Phantom of the, everything I said last week about Rocky Horror Picture Show and how the plot can be hard to follow if you're not paying attention to the lyrics. The plot to Phantom of the Paradise can is easier to follow but it also has these giant editing leaps like where you're just suddenly you just suddenly it's like you missed a beat but you're like oh okay i I guess we missed the scene where this person uh started hating that person i can't remember the exact things it's like they skipped it's like they tore pages out of the script and when you find out so it's funny that rocky horror is very straight ahead filmed everything they needed to film but it can still be hard to follow for new people Fin in the Paradise is a little easier to follow, but they did literally rip pages out of the script. So there are logical leaps in it, but you kind of follow the energy of the movie and you accept if a character suddenly hates a character again, you're like, why did this happen? And you're like, oh, well, it's just happening. You find out if you watch the special features that they hired a second screenwriter, a woman. I can't remember her name now. It is not the way of things. You never remember the woman's name to work with Brian De Palma. <laughs> And then they had to fire her later for some, like, some budgetary reason. And so, but for that, for WGA or whatever, they had to remove everything she had written. So everything she filled out in the story had to be removed. And they had to go back to, like, the the earlier draft that Brian De Palma had worked on. So, like, the stuff that would make the story fuller and make more sense for Fandom of the Paradise is, is just missing from the story. But it's still easier to follow. It's about a guy who takes over a rock club. It's about a phantom in a rock club getting his revenge. And it's a very fun movie. A lot of fun. Rock and roll. Just like the song we're talking about this week, Elephant <laughs> Parade. Also a bit of a rock and roll thing. Oh, you know, Phantom of the Paradise mixes a lot of styles. Like, there's only one overall kind of rock style in Rocky Horror. But there are different styles of music in Phantom of the Paradise. And this song, Elephant Parade, also contains a couple of different kind of styles that don't seem like they might mesh necessarily, but that do work out for this kind of air-for-free version of Reliant K. Yeah, and David mentioned uh, Hedwig, Hedwig and the Angry Inch as well. And I saw that also, I think, back in high school. But uh, yeah, just like him, just that one time. And I remember enjoying it, but I have not seen it since or really thought about it much since. Yeah, I haven't seen it at all, so I'll need to check it out. And then we'll get back to you. And then we'll finish this trilogy of discussions of (laughs) these bonkers sort of musicals. So Elephant Parade. Speaking of, I guess we'll start with the style, right? Like, it's kind of this, like, cabaret-style jazz thing. Like, there's very clearly a jazz influence in the first half of this song. Through this Reliant K rock lens, I think, like... At times I was listening to him like, is this ragtime? Like, no, it's not ragtime. Is it Dixieland? No. No. But I think it's more of a cabaret style jazz, right? And it may be Dixieland at the very least, like, influenced cabaret jazz or the cross-pollinated some bit here and there. But I think it's more of like a cabaret type of sound for the first half of this with the horns and the da-da-da-da-da. And it also obviously brings to mind the idea of a circus parade. Right. You know, or, or uh, you know, yeah, like a circus parade, but like a Disney musical. Like when you 
search Elephant Parade, one of the first things you find is when Dumbo gets drunk. Where the scene when Dumbo gets drunk right. and he imagines the pink elephants on parade. That's like the main thing that comes up for the phrase Elephant Parade. So and yeah, you know, that's going to come up later when we yeah. go into the uh, into the deep dive, I believe. That sort of '50s style pop jazz, cabaret jazz is very much influenced of Disney at the time. So I don't know if this is any kind of deliberate decision made, but at the same time, it all comes out to a very you know for Elephant Parade, the Reliant K song. These influences join together in a very Reliant K specific sound, or at the very least, a kind of sound together that I can't. I don't know of any other very specific music or songs that have this Mm. style and then the whole song closes with a sort of regular air for free style Mm. fast rock pop rock thing that you get with bum in and local construction so it's not even like it sticks with this different sound the whole time yeah there's a chaos to the music um that's kind of unlike most reliant k songs here and 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 there's and there's some attitude in parts behind the vocals, which you don't usually get in a Reliant K song. Right. You know, there's not like, you know, usually we always say it like almost every week, like that no matter how dark the lyrics are, you still leave with a feeling of hope. And there's there's sort of like a, a contention behind right. the okay. vocals here. Yeah, I it get feels what you're like to me. I don't know. But the lyrics sound so silly that I guess I don't right. get the sense of of like of um cynicism it's not yeah i guess you're right i guess i guess emotionally the music borders closer to the line of cynicism than maybe any relying k song ever has but the song's so silly and right chaotic i, I guess you it's can't just really depending on what you take real. away from it yeah yeah i would never have seen it that way before but i can see how he's just got a little bit of a attitude in his in his delivery yeah, yeah. i can see what you're saying uh, the only other track I think that sort of musically is comparable is local construction where you have a lot of little extra stuff going on to sell the narrative. You have little like different sound effect kind of things going and Kat also delves into that just a little bit. Right. Um, And on the vinyl sequencing, it's in almost the exact same spot. It's track eight on the digital album and track seven on the vinyl. And it's preceded by God and followed by Mountaintop on the digital album, which I think is why occasionally I'll skip this track from time to time, just because it's a completely different mood from those tracks, which are also different vibes from one another, but still a lot more Reliant K than this, where this is just so abstract. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's between Cat and Man on the vinyl sequencing, which I think works way better. I would think so too, yeah. Yeah, it just makes a lot more sense there. It flows really nicely uh, in that position. And I know we've played or read maybe an interview with Hoops where he states that a lot of time and thought went into the vinyl sequencing. And I think that this is like a prime example of that because it's so much less jarring coming out of Cat into this song than God. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Cat is also a very strange and abstract yeah. song. And I think that's the number one thing I'm realizing with now that we're doing Elephant Parade and now that we're this deep into... Reliant K's song list and having really, really have the work of the last two years of this podcast, when you look at Reliant K's entire discography between the the demo, between All Work and No Play, up through Collapsible Lung, one of the main th- themes that we find is this literal, We use I use the word all the time on this show, but this literal sense of of what's going on in Tyson's life, right? Like there's no abstractions 
in Reliant K's music almost ever. Uh, everything from the very specific religious evangelizing songs that are that are you know getting ideas of Christianity and Christ's salvation in your head, like those very specific songs that are meant as, as missionary songs to personal songs of Tyson's life at the time, like 17 magazine, like he's talking to his sister about a crush he has. Like that's a very, there's nothing abstract about that. You know exactly what's going on. And then there's some abstractions in there. There are more abstractions in forget not slow down, but you also know very specifically, what is he singing about? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, right away he's singing about, a breakup and when you've absorbed that album you understand it's all talking about one specific theme and even though there might be abstract moments like moths chewing on the girl's dress and little things like that and sort of the abstract dreamlike nature of say savannah you still know that there's a very specific idea you feel the very specific idea through those abstractions then you get to collapsible lung and there's nothing abstract about collapsible lung like there i feel you know and we've talked about it but i feel like you dropped the literal nature the like confessional nature of Reliant K and these are either fictional songs or these are you know songs about the other co-writers that he's written or these written with or these are songs that maybe like emotionally are true but aren't like specifically recounting things he's experienced but nothing is abstract about collapsible lung barely you know maybe the title track maybe the title track has some abstractions but you still know he's talking about coming to the Lord like there's no question there you know, just because he's using metaphors and stuff like a ladder with a missing rung, that's not abstraction in the sense I'm talking about. But then you get to air for free. And this album is loaded with abstraction. This album is loaded with... A mix of literal and abstract. Yeah, uh, like, like challenging you to actually understand what he's singing about. And I feel like maybe a lot of people feel like they do but it's there's more riddles in this and i'm not talking about the tyson wordplay where you're like oh beaming actually means three things oh breakdown actually means three kinds of breakdown but no i'm not talking about like wordplay or riddles i'm talking about the real abstraction like words that on the surface level don't seem to mean anything and maybe there's meaning behind them but it takes work to figure out and then this must be deliberate. This must be something that in 2016, 2015, Tyson decided to change 20 years of his lyric writing style to this, or at the very least into Reliant K. Because, I mean, whatever other songs he might have written behind the scenes for Earthquakes and stuff that never got released until finally Wind Up Bird comes out, or other songs he's never released. Now in 2015, 2016, getting ready to release Hair for Free, he's decided to be abstract in Reliant K. And what sells that even more is they don't release an official lyric sheet. It's This has got to be deliberate on some level. Tyson, in 2016, had to have said, this is what Reliant K lyrics can be now. They can be this abstract and really challenge you and, like, you don't really know what I'm talking about. And let's sell that even more and do, like, REM and not release our lyrics. So people will even have to debate over what word did they hear in that little section there or what word didn't they hear. And it was really, I mean, it was this song that really helped me get that. Because, like, bumming is even abstract. Like, I guess it's a song about him feeling like he's bumming, but, like, in what context? In, in the in the Matisse and Reliant K oeuvre, you expect him to be talking specifically about, like, I'm sitting here getting ready to write a song, and I'm bumming, and I'm not writing the song. But we don't know why is he bumming. It's like that even... Well, we know he's literally broken downtown yeah. on Wedgwood and 8th. <laughs> and lo- yeah, exactly. And local construction is very abstract because he's just singing about local construction. It's, it's, there's so much more 
going on in Air for Free than I ever realized. And I know like Air for Free is sort of more akin to Forget Not Slow Down. It shares some melodic elements and stuff. And, you know, the it, it clearly was Air for Free was built off the, the, the idea possibly of like a Forget Not Slow Down because it has those like movements within a single song that, that really started with Forget Not Slow Down. But this just feels like it's all over the place lyrically, which I think is by design, but it just makes it a whole different thing for Reliant K. Yeah, yeah. And and there's, like, I love the chorus, the Jackrabbit part. And it's interesting that it takes a divergence from the circus theme there. Because I don't really think of rabbits, and certainly not Jackrabbits, when I think of elephants or the circus. Like, right. I think of Splash Mountain, which they're finally changing. Speaking of a long time coming, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's about time. Uh, and I, I think about Jackrabbit Slims from Pulp Fiction. Uh, but they're just two very different visual metaphors there between elephants on parade and a jackrabbit in a hole. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of like with local construction. Like, one moment he's singing about local construction and the next minute he's singing about a cat and you're like okay a cat meaning a construction equipment cat but then he's singing about it's chasing the the birds are chasing the cat or the so it's like well there's you know mixed metaphors going on there in a way i guess (laughs) i'm trying to think of another song like mrs hippopotamuses that's also a lot of like going back and forth between like almost trying to like breakneck speed like changing up like we're at the water park but now we're hanging out in the car like there's so much going on and i'm confused and i haven't and who's mrs otter and yeah who's mrs otter <laughs> and there's no otter water park admission it just sounds good syllabically it also makes me think that maybe these lyrics on air for free were written more like what feels good to say what like what syllables fit here as opposed to I don't know. I don't know Tyson's specific writing style, but it always seems like every song is very deliberately trying to get an idea in your head in the past. And maybe here he's not concerned with putting an idea in your head as much as weaving like these syllables to feel fun. And whether or not it fits any specific message he's trying to give is not important to him at this point with songs like Mrs. Hippopotamuses and Local Construction and Elephant Parade. Yeah, jumping back to the music for just a second, that point where they slow it down and then ramp it up again at around two minutes, 30 seconds is very similar to Run-In. So it's like where you were talking about how the second, you know, the first part of the song is very like kind of out there. It's incorporating a lot of different styles. And then you get to the second part, which is very rock. Right. And I like that rock section. I like that rock outro or that rock half of this song way better than I like the fast part of local construction because something about where the beat lies in local construction I just it it goes against the grain for me it's not like I've heard you know we saw descriptions of the end of local construction is like a punk beat but it's not a punk beat because it's like a one beat thing whereas like punk beat has like the kind of slightly off (laughs) I cannot describe it but it's like pornography I know it when I see it and I know that the end beat of local construction is not a proper punk beat it's just a faster beat and here this is much more of like a rock beat there's more fills and stuff going on that are carrying me to enjoy that section of the song a lot more also, the outro, like the actual waning moments of this song are very Sgt. Pepper-esque, very Beatles-esque. The way you kind of hear like 
instruments being put down. You kind of hear like, uh, you know, it almost sounds like uh, they're stopping the song, like that, that kind of like in room, in studio sound, very reminiscent of like Beach Boys with pet sounds or, you know, later more psychedelic Beatles and stuff to actually like kind of hear the sounds of the studio as the song is winding down is very Sgt. Pepper-esque. And then who's like kind of more abstract than the Beatles? Like the Beatles kind of like at times deliberately wrote lyrics to like, especially when people were like digging into their lyrics and their stuff so heavily that it was like, oh, Paul is dead. And they're like, this is ridiculous. And then they kind of wrote songs to like mess with those people. You know what I mean? This is very Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. Yeah. I guess and you got is. the animal thing going right. too. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it just kind of ties into this feeling that I feel like this song is. I feel like this is their white album. This is definitely some. This is like the, this is like this is like Reliant K put the white album in an AI and said like and said output Reliant K style. So an AI created a white album song in the style of Reliant K. So we're gonna go over the lyrics and. I'm wondering, do you want me to give you the genius annotations as we go over this? Because, and I think that there might be a mistake in here, possibly, um, in the the, chorus. You read the genius lyrics, and I have the AZ lyrics up, which the AZ lyrics are probably the most fallible under any circumstance. Okay. Because there's, uh, since there aren't any official lyrics out there, uh, the one thing is in the chorus on Genius, it says, Jack Rabbit dying deep down in his soul. Uh And I'm like, are we sure it's not... You know, I always thought it was Jack Rabbit dying deep down in his hole. Yeah. Because Jack Rabbit's up in holes over, yeah, over soul. So what does it say over on AZ lyrics? Uh, And that is annotated. So we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, There's, I think there might be more annotations in this song than in any other Reliant K song, which is fascinating because they did not come from user Matt T. Uh, (laughs) however this person does have a an air for free uh album cover as their as their avatar uh but yeah i'm like i don't i don't know it it, if we read through these i if if big if true like if this is what the the song lyrics do mean then that's great because we actually do have a nice blueprint here based on what this genius commenter uh laid out for us gotcha okay well AZ Lyrics also says soul, not whole. And then uh, there's something I've been meaning to mention, but you know, Spotify has this thing now with the, what do they call this? The lyric, they just have lyrics at the bottom of oh, the yeah, song. Oh yeah, yeah, that run. And I noticed that Air for Free had these up, but that makes me question, like, where do they get them where from? Where do they get them from? If they just, if they partnered with some lyric website like Genius or something. I think it's Mixmatch or something like that. Right. And Mix. Uh, it says at the bottom. And all these lyric sites, when like lyrics aren't officially released by a band, it's people guessing. And then just whoever manages to kind of aggregate their version of the lyrics correctly into sites like AZ lyrics and other things like those will eventually get copied over to other lyric sites. And there's all these copy pasta lyric sites. And eventually these things kind of get canonized, but they're not correct. And like, it's like when you look at tabs and like most tab sites have like a star rating. So, you know, kind of which are the most similar. Right. But I think like at least the very least tabs, like people know that every tab is made up by a fan. 
Whereas a lot of people will go to lyric sites and not necessarily think this might just be what was sussed out by a fan. But in some cases, that That's is what true. happens. Yeah. I saw a tweet a couple years ago from Mike Herrera where he was like, this is what it's come to. And he signed. I talked about this once before. But he's like, this is what it comes to. I'm correcting lyric sites for myself because like people would quote lyrics or talk about lyrics or he'd find them so wrong. Right. Because fans would just go to lyric sites and upload and write in what they thought the song was and whoever the first one in was. And then it's like harder to get those changed because now it has to be approved. You know, people who run those lyric sites right. just approve the first one. Yeah. And then like they suddenly got to get reapproved later. You got to prove you got to get the lyric book to prove that wasn't the case. Right. Or I'm prove just... that you are, in fact, the songwriter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So it's interesting that I'm just saying here Spotify has a lyric thing for air for free songs now, but that doesn't mean that these are extra canon just because they're on Spotify. I want to see lyrics directly from Reliant K on Reliant K's site or tweeted by Reliant K before I absolutely believe what ly- the lyrics for air for free are. Okay, so hip hip hooray for the intro. Hip hip hooray for the elephants on parade. Hip hip hooray for the elephants on parade. Right. There's already an annotation. Okay. (laughs) Contributor Jesse Marks said, Elephants are referring to the phrase, the elephant in the room, except in this metaphor, it is multiple elephants, which is hinting at the person has multiple secrets or regrets that they are hiding. The fact that they are on parade is signifying that someone discovers them and brings or brings them up. Okay. All right, I don't mean to be poo-pooing because I'm, now I'm thinking like later on he says, air your dirty laundry on a weather yeah, day. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I totally get that, well, so. yeah. Okay, that kind of makes sense, in a, I guess. Uh, verse one, take the gist of it and twist it till it makes you smile. And don't be scared if there's a snare. Sometimes it takes a while. There's much to learn from every turn inside a labyrinth. Don't you try to think about it. No way to talk about it. And I will ever change and never cease to be amazed. Air bubbles up and overflows and then it goes away. This is a tongue twister. I want to hold and nature. I want. See, now here's where I don't know if we if we have some some divergence from the actual lyrics or not. I want to hold and nurture every second of this life that has been given to me, even though limitedly. So, I mean, that last bit is pretty straightforward. I want to hold and nurture every second of this life that has been given to me, even though limitedly. We're all here on Earth for a very limited amount of time. Totally get it. That part's clear. So, there, the part that is annotated here is that, and don't be scared if there's a snare, sometimes it takes a while, through the air bubbles up and overflows, and then it goes away. So this is from user Joe Strick, who has the the Air for Free logo as their uh, as their icon. Labyrinth is a metaphor for the idea he's dealing with, but he avoids talking about it for the sake of making sure he still feels good about himself. All right, <laughs> that's that's equally as as sort of confusing as the rest of the lyrics. <laughs> that annotation is as confusing as the lyrics. Yeah, so I mean, like a labyrinth is a is a maze. Yeah. And so I would think like life is like life a labyrinth. is like that's, and so especially yeah. when he says you learn from every turn of this labyrinth. And when I think of like like Alanis Morissette, who I've been listening to this week, you live, you learn, you laugh, you learn, you love, you learn. <laughs> like everything you do is a learning experience in life. So if you compare life to a labyrinth, 
then you're learning from this life. Life is the labyrinth. And that, uh, that's not exactly what this annotator is saying. So maybe it's like, take the gist of it and twist it till it makes you smile. So take like the gist of life or the gist of any situation and twist it until you're comfortable with it, until it makes you smile, until it makes you happy, until you feel yeah. good about it. Yep. Um, and don't be scared if there's a snare. Sometimes it takes a while. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 hit we hit these road bumps a lot in life, and so don't be worried if on your journey you hit the road bumps. Sometimes it takes a while, but you'll you'll get there eventually. And they're saying, and he's saying, there's much to learn inside every turn mm-hmm. in the labyrinth, the maze of life. Don't you try to think about it? No way to talk about it. So maybe like, don't get hung up. Mm-hmm. on sort of the twists and turns you know they're hard to they might be difficult to to put into words right maybe something like that okay uh and i will never change and never cease to be amazed air bubbles up and overflows and then it goes away mm-hmm. like i'm get, guessing it's like i'll never cease to be amazed by life and if you want to bring the christian element into it i will never cease to be amazed by what god brings into my life right Air bubbles up and overflows and then it goes away. I mean, that could just be, you know, you have your your moments and then That's they go away. That's when you're holding your breath before you... <laughs> Die? Before Maybe. Before you get baptized. <laughs> no. no, you're about to be baptized <laughs> and you hold your breath. Uh, chorus. Jack Rabbit, Snake Pit, Run and O. Oh. My, my, been a long time coming home. Jack Ra- Rabbit, dying deep down in his soul or hole, depending on what you think. Mm-hmm. Dag Nabbit, you hate me. But hey now, hip hip hooray with your baritones on your hip hip hooray for the elephants on parade. And this is also annotated by Joe Strick again. Now that the author has been caught, the people hate him and they put on a parade with instruments on your hip, comparing them to a gun and elephants making a lot of noise and condemning him and letting others know the lie he's created. All right. I can't argue with anything because I don't think that there's any actual, like, you know, thing. Like I said, like, I wouldn't even argue if people figured out a a religious or Christ-based meaning to this song because I don't think there's absolutely enough to go on to uh, contest much. Yeah, it's that, like, the the choruses are very like confusing Mm -hmm. definitely and where i definitely get hung up in the song uh verse two you're preaching to the chorus and that's annotated line all right is it you're preaching to the chorus is that what he says in the song preaching to the choir right i guess preaching to the chorus now it is annotated by not underscore titus who says play off preaching to the choir which refers to the politeness of a preacher trying to convert those who sing gospel songs in church since they share his conviction right i was in my mind i was like i can't once i hear you say the words preaching to the chorus i'm like that makes sense but i know the phrase is choir and right. I'm like, but now I'm I'm closing my eyes and I'm, I can't like hear the song correctly in my head. But right. It makes sense, I guess, to mix it up a little and say chorus if that fits the rhyme or the scheme better. You're preaching to the chorus. Line all right for this whole time. I guess. Sorry. Also, a chorus would probably be involved with a circus because there's some circus thing going on here, right? There's some sort of elephant parade, circus, peanuts, all that stuff. So I guess. A, I think like a, a a circus would have like a chorus. They would have like a band. 
that you might refer to as a chorus in old or times. Maybe, I'm yeah. glad you wouldn't call that a choir. Uh, Lionel Wright for this whole time, and I'm fine if I can, tell a lie about the minor crimes. I won't try to justify the reason why. I think that I'll never die is so preposterous. It's like a bag of circus peanuts in a sewage drain or airing out your dirty laundry on a weather vane. Hip, hip, hooray for the elephants on parade. They're going to trample themselves. They're going to trample themselves. Um, And I think that I'll never die is so preposterous is uh, annotated by Guilford Allen Samuelson, uh, who said, this line is the first time Matt speaks plainly about what the song is about. The la- quote unquote labyrinth he's creating is convicting himself that he doesn't need eternal life. I'm confused by what that means. Let me read it. Sorry. <laughs> I actually want to read it to this line is the first time Matt speaks plainly about what the song is about. The labyrinth he's created is convicting himself that he doesn't need eternal life. So this contributor, Guilford, is saying that this means he doesn't need Christ's salvation anymore. I don't. The, the eternal life thing is confusing versus saying, like, I live forever versus right. uh, eternal just, life, I always think of as being, like, in God's kingdom. Or, you now, know. I was trying to be open-minded if there, was, <laughs> oh if there were Christ-based <laughs> connections here, but I don't get that. I don't get what they're saying. That this line is saying that he doesn't need Christ's eternal life anymore. I mean, that would be, I would have no problem with there being a Reliant K song where he's kind of like questioning whether or not salvation is real or questioning whether or not he even needs salvation. But I'm not getting that from this incredibly abstract thing where he, and he doesn't say, you know, he's not putting, he doesn't use the kind of words that are you know, solely connected to Christian ideas and Christian beliefs in eternal life. He's saying live forever. There's a million billion viewpoints with the idea of living forever that have nothing to do with religion or do have to do with religion. So it's it's too abstract and too far removed for me to get on board and say that. Then, even if he is speak, even if when he says preposterous that I'll live forever... Even if he is talking about salvation there, which I would totally get on board with, I don't hear him saying that the preposterous part means he doesn't need his salvation anymore. Maybe it means it's so preposterous. Maybe it's going back to that old school Reliant K theme of it's preposterous that Christ has saved me because I'm not worthy of all that salvation. Thank you, Lord. That could be the preposterous part. I I was going to say, I think this, this, this is the one chunk that I think... Those first three lines, uh, well, not the you're preaching to the chorus part, the but the other two lines beneath it, I don't know if those are the actual lyrics or not, but that's really confusing. So I'm just going to cancel out <laughs> line all right for this whole time. And I'm fine if I can. Okay. Okay. But I think, and I'm fine if I can tell a lie about the minor, cri- minor crimes is that it's, that's really one little chunk right there. Anyways, okay. the line all right for this whole time, I don't get, but cool. Right. Um. Oh, no, wait, it's okay. It's because of how it's broken up that it's confusing, but it's you're preaching to the chorus line. A chorus line line. is something that you would find in maybe like a cabaret. Yeah. 
Like maybe vaudeville. Not a, vaudeville, not like a certain. Not the. This circuit. is more of a vaudeville. Yeah, theme, but I mean, like circus theme. circus imagery going back to old timey jazzies because we watch tons of movies. Like there's circuses that were like more like cabarets and circuses. Just you didn't need animals necessarily. Or, I mean, we went to Paris and one a couple of the biggest like. Uh, I don't know if they're technically strip joints, but some of the biggest like you know adult entertainment places in Paris were like circus themed. <laughs> right. So I'm not even connecting a, like an adult entertainment thing to that or a cabaret or like a saucy entertainment thing to it. But there's clearly an old timey jazz when circuses were the big entertainment in town thing going on here. Yeah. I think that this just this whole chunk verse two throws us back to the very early and then continuous Reliant K mindset of like, if I can tell a lie about my minor crimes, this sounds like trying to run from being a bad friend Tyson or being right. a bad Christian Tyson. Right. And trying to justify, you know, what you're doing mm-hmm. and, you know, realizing that, you know, maybe you're getting into trouble, you're airing out, you know, your dirty laundry on a dirty weather vane. Laundry. <laughs> and you know, you're just one of the melee and if elephants on down. parade. Kick them when they're down. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think that it's just like, and, and that idea of preaching to the chorus line, like you're, you know, preaching to the choir, you're, you're telling right. the same people, like who already believe the same thing. Right. Versus bringing in new believers or whatever. I, I kind of get what's going on here, I think. It's an interesting... I don't know exactly how much is intended and because we don't... We we can't... We'll, we'll, I don't think we'll ever get a real beat on exactly what he's saying here. But it is an entertaining thought to think to compare the idea of preaching to the choir of a pastor who is, you know, preaching to the converted and the people who already believe it and, like, not... You know, that's the meaning of preaching to the choir... But then to flip that a little and say preaching to the chorus line. So like some sort of some sort of like MC at a cabaret or some sort of a speaking of musicals cabaret. Exactly. (laughs) Or some sort of ringmaster at a circus, some sort of like, you know, seedy or at the very least grimy, like maybe not necessarily, uh, you know, untoward or adult, but just some sort of slightly grimy, slightly questionable entertainment and you have the ringmaster and he's preaching to you know i'm not even saying they're sinful or whatever i'm just saying they're like you know a little less than they're like just society like looks at this kind of entertainment and says this is just throwaway ridiculousness whoops i hit the thing and then he's preaching to the chorus line you know what i mean to think a ringmaster or an mc at some sort of cabaret is preaching to the chorus line, the entertainers, the girls who are doing the kicks and showing off their right. knickers. It's <laughs> <laughs> it really is great when you break it down, just the the visual imagery that yeah. it, it that it sparks. Yeah. Uh so then we go back to the chorus again and then following that is the bridge. I got the feeling that I wanna be alone with you. And I, I got, got a feeling. <laughs> and I got the feeling that you might want to be alone with me too. Take a finger and snap just like that. And I had to say, baby, let's go and make it home for our show. Simple defragmentation gets us to the point at last. But no point relaxing till they give us all our money back. See, this is all thinking, I'm thinking cabaret and circus entertainment. 
touche, but they had the wherewithal to take it all out of order anyway. They can they can always make you pay up, and I will ever change and never cease to be amazed. Air bubbles up, overflows, and then it goes away. And then we go into the uh, circus peanut thing again. But before we go on, because the last bit is just really long, so I'm going to the... There's an annotation for simple defragmentation gets us to the point at last, but no relaxing till they give us all our money back. Touche, but they had the wherewithal to take it all out of order anyway. They can always make you pay up is annotated. Uh, so Oza Prime said he is suggesting that if those who are set against him were willing to cherry pick and rearrange the story to make him look bad, then they will probably continue to do that. He feels that they don't want to understand or accept an apology. They want to make him pay and they usually succeed. Which, if that is the metaphor they're going for, then that's that does help clear that up because I'm not 100% sure on what, what we're saying here, but that would add to everything we talked about in the last verse. Mm-hmm. Going back to the, like, you know, running from, from and being a, you know, a bad friend Tyson, being a bad Christian Tyson, and getting caught up and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, I want to hold and nurture every second of this life that has been given to me, even though limitedly, like a bag of circus peanuts in a sewage drain or airing out your dirty laundry on a weather vane. Hip, hip, hooray for the elephants on parade. Hip, hip, hooray for the elephants on parade. Uh... Like a bag of circus peanuts in a sewage drain is annotated here. Okay. And Oza Prime said, the elephants lower themselves by going after peanuts in a sewer drain in order to get the peanuts. They what? enter the sewer themselves. Huh? That's interesting. It's almost like like all the annotators are agreeing to more of like a, like a paparazzo media kind of a, a look here, okay. which is kind of interesting and not something I would think of Reliant K is really dealing with. Yeah, I don't know. Like when I hear like a bag of circus peanuts, like a bag of circus peanuts in a sewer drain, and not for one second, and not even now that you read that, do I think the elephants are going into the circuit, into the drain to get the peanuts? That doesn't make any sense to me because the... the f- the thing that is always, without ever understanding this song, the image that always came to mind with bag of circus peanuts in a sewer drain is like the circus is clearing out of town, or at least tonight's show is over, and trash is around. Or there might have been a bag of circus peanuts that someone bought and they didn't want them anymore, and they discard it, and it ends up as litter in a sewer drain, and then like no one can have that anymore, or it's disgusting, or it's tainted. It's like this unlost this like lost potential or something like these peanuts that will never be enjoyed or if someone finds them they're covered in sewer water so why would you eat them and then it brings to mind just this idea of the circus leaving town or like the show being over and everyone go home like i wouldn't think for why would the elephant well i guess there's a parade there's elephants on the parade but they're in the middle of the parade so i don't think that they would stop to eat the peanuts in the sewer. That, that's just so strange to me. And, but and like, then, if you look at it from like a like a media sort of standpoint, and uh-huh. like spreading laundry, spreading dirty laundry, that sort of thing, like uh, you know these, you know, sort of what they would consider maybe like a bottom feeder, sort of like picking right. out the peanuts, any little tidbits that they can from the sewer drain. 
Right, like finding like old cigarettes in an ashtray that have a couple puffs left. There you go. But like, you know, comparing it with the dirty laundry on the weather vane, like that, my thing I just explained with the circus peanuts are like lost potential or like, you know, something that could have been enjoyed that have been like thrown out kind of goes with the weather vane thing because it's like no you know the elephants aren't stopping to go up to the dirty laundry they don't want anything to do with the dirty laundry they're not even near the dirty laundry they're too big they can't get up to the weather vane so what do they have to do with the dirty laundry so what do they have to do with the peanuts in the drain like i get what you mean though like uh yeah i don't know i don't know about that but i i guess i get it Take the gist of it and twist it till it makes you smile. And don't be scared if there's a snare. Sometimes it takes a while. There's much to learn from every turn inside a labyrinth. Don't you try to think about it. Ain't no way to talk about it. I will ever change and never cease to be amazed. Air bubbles up and overflows and then it goes away. I want to hold and nurture every second of this life that has been giving to me, even though limitedly. Uh, And then the outro. Jackrabbit snake pit running oh my my been a long time coming jack rabbit snake pit running hip hip hooray for the elephants on parade well i think that's i don't know (laughs) that's the end of the show (laughs) and we have done it we have completely decoded elephant parade i think we have more answers than we had before yeah i don't feel like we have more questions and answers but we still have plenty of questions about this song and maybe people will call up in the coming weeks or months from now and give us their interpretation of yeah yeah let us know what you think let us know and uh we'll go to this break and when we get back we'll have a little bit more to say about the song i hope one day we have teeson on the podcast and we'll go so elephant parade can you elaborate on that and he'll just go no (laughs) thank you very much for listening to sadie hawkins pod if you want to support us please rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you listen and you can also interact with the show by calling our voicemail line 402-95-SADIE check out our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. There you can see the visuals that we discuss each week, and you can send emails to us at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. Also, sadiehawkinspod.com is your one-stop shop for all our social links and to get to our Tee Public store for shirts, mugs, and stickers of all our various logo designs. Treat yourself to a Sadie Hawkins Pod shirt or confuse a loved one by gifting one to them. We would also like to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Isaac, James, Kindel, Timothy, Daniel, Josh, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Twice a month, we have bonus episodes, including reviews of the songs from K is for Karaoke, And you can hear our backlog of bonus episodes, including reading through the entire complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind book that Reliant K did or did not write. You'll have to go over there to find out who wrote it. So donate that money today. What you gonna do? You sitting on that money? You got that stimmy check from years ago? (laughs) Send it our way. Send it our way. Send ye our way. Send ye money our way. Hey, Jeff, have you ever heard of Reliant K? No, Tracy, I haven't, but you know what that reminds me of? 
If I had a million dollars. What? Oh, no, no, don't do I it. I would buy you a cake car. A nice, reliant automobile. Yes. How did I know you were going to go there? Well, it could have something to do with the fact that it is the most famous song by the band we discuss every week. Oh, you mean Bare Naked Ladies? Dude, Reliant K is a Christian rock band. You can't say that. Sure I can. I don't think you can. Okay, fine. BNL. We have a great time discussing all the BNL songs alphabetically over at Bare Naked ABCs. Dude! We're not naked when we do it, and it's a podcast. Anyway, I've heard these guys and their music. These guys can take a joke. Ooh, I have one for you. Don't. Have you heard the one about the boy who moved into the hen house to sleep? We've already done this song. He woke up with yolk on his face when he found that all the hens had crossed the street. (laughs) Oh, for bad jokes like that and more, come listen to us on all platforms you download podcasts. Just look for Bare Naked ABC. Dude, it's a brand name. And we have TikToks this week. Oh, TikTok parade for the elephants on parade. None of them TikTok feature elephant. Parade. None of them feature elephants, but three out of five of them feature cats. Okay, that makes sense. Reliant K, cats, people love cats. I love cats. Well, I'm just allergic to them. Jessica's very allergic to cats. This is from Steph X Wood, hashtag Marceline. And they've got one of those uh, TikTok filters (laughs) where it's like a neon outline that keeps changing colors and the cat just yawned. That's very cool. I'm definitely going to upload that one. I, uh, there we go. I was like, I didn't hear the song at first, but there we go. Just a cat yawning and and pawing at something on a bed with uh, neon filters going. Nice. Uh, Then from... Dana or Dana CH or Dana Arch, four zero six eight. It's a slideshow of a bunch of friends hanging out and doing a bunch of different stuff. Cute. <laughs> I have to do some light work, like work work in the background. So forgive light computer noises, but I can pay attention while I do this. Uh, then we've got another uh, a cat's. Uh, this cat is sleeping while someone's playing Fortnite on their laptop or something in the background. Uh, this is from at Joss Corn EJO1. Hmm. My name's my middle name is Joss as well. That it is. Yes. Now okay. It's, it's Joe's. Oops. If anyone's ever noticed, you know, my Twitter name, I've never talked about this, so I just want to take an opportunity to talk about myself for once. <laughs> <laughs> my middle name is Joseph, and there's a lot of Daniel Joseph Learys on the internet. And uh, it, it sort of disambiguate myself. Jessica actually came up with the idea Joseph A. Bank, the suit, the suit store. They spell their name Joseph A. Bank with a J-O-S for the Joseph. So Jessica's idea was, what what if you did J-O-S for your middle name? And I was like, that's perfect. Now, originally, I decided to pronounce it Joss because Jost just sounded a little weird, right? I was like, oh, like Joss Whedon. Oh, in hindsight, actually, I was never even a big Joss Whedon fan. I just liked the sound of Daniel Joss Leary. And now I feel bad because I never really loved Joss Whedon's style in the first place. And now I really, really despise him for everything he's done to like 
amazing actresses like the things he did reportedly to uh to to wonder woman's uh to gal gadot's uh stand-in her her uh, stunt coordinator her stunt performer like he, he was just like you'll never like telling this woman who's like genuinely better than him like she's wonder woman's stunt performer and he's like you'll never work in this town again on the reshoots of justice league i'm like dude you're scum <laughs> Up next, we have that was just uh, at, Sa- <laughs> at Sarah Faith Watt with another cat video. This is a cat watching a bird outside of their house. So many cats. So many cats. Cats right. are kind of like tiny elephants cats. when you think about it. Then we have. <laughs> Don't at, think about it too hard. At Jim McRae O posted this, and they're like in a car, but they're. In some sort, near some sort of a warehouse thing where there's a forklift lifting up a big uh, crate. One of those big oh, crates that says K-Line on it. That's my word. Right, those K-Line trucks. I see those all the time. I'm so distracted. I'm sorry. I'm back on track now. I got the thing I needed to do done. That was the sound of the work saving. And that was Elephants on Parade <laughs> on TikTok. Just in time. Uh, then we have some Reddit. We got a Reddit thread up here. And this is where I was saying we would come back to the whole Dumbo thing. Okay. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So when I when you search Elephant Parade, sort of in general, there's a lot of songs called Elephant Parade. But the two movie things that come up the most are Dumbo getting drunk and imagining the Pink Elephant Parade. And then also there's a song from the... There's a piece of music from the score of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and i went and i looked at the scene and it's when it's a flashback when uh kate winslet and jim carrey are still getting along and still loving each other they're in new york city and there's an actual like elephant parade it's not even a big scene it's just kind of a mon part of a montage of them loving each other and there's a small elephant parade and on the score that accompanying music is called elephant parade a lot of people covered that song on the piano. So that I thought I had a bunch of covers of this song, and they all turned out uh, to be covers of that moment from the score gotcha. of Eternal Sunshine. So on r slash Reliant K, user Plastic Anarchist three years ago said, Matt Thiessen is a low-key Dumbo fan. I'm watching Dumbo <laughs> right now and reliving my the childhood. the word fan didn't get cut off because... That would be a very contemptuous uh, post. I'm watching Dumbo right now and reliving my childhood. The Pink Elephants on Parade song came on and I figured that Elephants on Parade was a term for something because Thiessen is known for using phrases in his songs. The only thing that showed up when I searched for Elephants on Parade was links to the Pink Elephant song on Dumbo. Another reason I think that he likes Dumbo is the reference to the magic feather at the end of Jefferson Airplane. These are just some funny coincidences that I found. And that is nine upvotes and three comments. Obi-Wan3301, three years ago, responded, hmm, could be. I remember people saying it was also possibly a reference to the elephant parade in the Jungle Book. But given the meaning of the song, or what we can all only assume is the meaning, I doubt it. Also, the part in Dumbo where Dumbo gets tipsy always freaked me out as a kid. That scene went on way too long. 
And then Nikki Cappy responded to that. Yeah, that was not good for a children's movie. (laughs) And then Coda underscore Coda 777 three years ago said Magic Feather could also refer to the one Mario uses to power up with Tanuki, (laughs) the Tanuki suit. Yeah, and it can also be Yankee Doodle sticking a feather in his cap and calling it macaroni. I mean, I don't know. All right, hold on. The feather... Well, I guess it depends on what generation of Mario you're talking about. In Mario 3... Oh, boy, here it comes. ...where Raccoon Mario and Tanuki Mario were introduced, the feather turns you into Raccoon Mario, where you just have the tail and the ears and you can fly. But you got to get the Tanuki suit to turn into the full Tanuki, where your full Mario's full body is a raccoon. And a Tanuki is the Japanese word for a raccoon. And that, ver- you know, that's the Tanuki Mario is the one that can also turn into a statue because in Japanese mythology, there are the Tanuki raccoon spirits that can turn into statues. They're mis- mischievous raccoon spirits. You watched that one Studio Ghibli movie with me about the raccoon, the raccoon dog spirits yes. that were trying to stop the encroaching development of their land by like Japanese right. land developers. Right. Like raccoons have this whole thing in, in uh, Japanese mythology. Anyway, in more recent Mario games, when they have brought the idea of the the feather back... It's not a feather, it's a leaf. Wow, okay. I'm sorry, whoever that Redditor was, uh, it took me a minute oh, to boy. bring my... Okay, there's a leaf that turns you into Raccoon Mario. There's a suit that turns you into Tanuki Mario, which is basically a, a souped-up Raccoon Mario. And then there's a feather... That turns you into like super this the sort of superhero version of Mario from Super Mario World that has a cape, and you have to fly. And you've played Super Mario World where you have the cape, and it's a lot harder to fly yeah. because it actually has a physics engine where you have to pull back to kind of bounce in different ways. It's not right. like the raccoon flying where you just tap the button to fly. Yeah, so I'm sorry that Mario, unless they were joking just to toss an idea out there to counter someone else's. Well, I'm not discrediting the Disney theories. It's entirely possible. I mean, he does reference Peter Pan, although it doesn't necessarily have to be the Disney Peter Pan uh, in man. So Mm -hmm. Uh, anyways, then uh, there's a few things on I Am Right. I don't really understand what the website I Am am Right right? is. Am I right? Well, it's Sorry. where I posted my parody lyrics <laughs> to uh, She Has a Girlfriend Now from Real Big Fish called She's Into Emo Now. That was an amazing day on the podcast where I was like, am I right? And I had been in years past, I had been looking for where I posted those parody lyrics. And it was so amazing for you to help me figure that out. It was a journey. Uh, so song titles not used as lyrics. Elephant Parade. What's actually sung is Hip Hip Hooray for the Elephants on Parade. Jonathan S. Is that John Schneck chiming in here? Mm. Uh, new song About names. an album he wasn't on, <laughs> which we know for a fact he didn't really listen to that do that much until his son was listening to it. Uh, new song names. Relevant Parade. Elegant Parade. Elephant Charade. Oh, right. Elephant Brigade. Yeah, there are. Uh, uh, that's just like a general pun generator. Uh, I've used those in trying to make memes sometimes. Like there are websites that are just pun generators, and they'll just get you words. You type in a phrase, and they'll give you 
and like 90% of it is nonsense because it's just going through and getting all the rhymes and also like slanted rhymes to help you find a pun for something. So it seems like Am I Right is probably user generated, just like here's a bunch of stuff that rhymes. So for some reason you're working on something creatively and you need a pun for a phrase or whatever, you're working on a parody of a song, here's some ideas to get you going. I think that's what Am I Right... I think Am I Right is basically a place for, like, not only discussing lyrics, like song meanings, but, like, deliberately trying to make up new lyrics and parody lyrics and derivative lyrics. So it has all these weird tools, like, here's a bunch of slanted rhymes and a bunch of, you know, pun rhymes for uh, song titles. Use a song title to answer a different song. What's going on, Marvin Gaye? Elephant Parade, Reliant K. Songs for duets that haven't been done yet. Elephant Woman, Blonde Redhead, Elephant Parade, Reliant K, Elephant Woman Parade. Okay. I don't understand this website. It's... I, I, I get the idea. It's trying to create parodies and comedies and creative funny stuff out of song titles, but it's not like it's not a it's not a it's not like they're taking the material and only releasing what's good. They're trying to help people figure it out. This is like a throw everything at the wall sort of like a discord, <laughs> an early discord. People throwing ideas for parody lyrics and parody titles at the wall to try to influence and inspire other people who are trying to come up with parody songs. It, it, it is a very strange idea. Uh, and it is a little antiquated in terms of like how we have things like Reddit nowadays, where right. you could maybe come up with a very specific group of like, let's workshop some parody lyrics. I don't know if that exists, but it's, it's a big internet. So it probably does. Well, then if the last website wasn't confusing enough here's rhyme zone which came up with elephant yam and in in my in my deep dive oh my gosh uh elephant hey lil john hey <laughs> juke gal wine wine by elephant man okay. uh elephant man and cat come on Wine Up by Cat DeLuna. Elephant in the Room, I'm Mammoth, I'ma Take My Chances. Live It Up by Kid Ink. Yippee Yee Yo, Kaye O. I'm an Old Cowhand by Bing Crosby. I Yippee I O Wa. Dr. Jones by Aqua. Oh, I know that one. I'm not saying it's the most necessary <laughs> website. I'm just saying. It's a website meant for people who like to play around with song lyrics. And it's a place where you can throw things at the wall. Now, what I'm learning from amiright.com is that this kind of shows you why Weird Al Yankovic only comes out with an album every four or five years. Well, we moved on to Rhyme Zone for oh, Elephant sorry, Yam, Danny. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> still, still, it shows you how, you know, even rhyming existing song lyrics isn't oompa loompa doopity dot jeffrey dahmer and the chocolate factory by (laughs) macabre i don't know i don't know (laughs) don't know uh i have yet to find reliant k on here by the way i just i don't understand why we're here (laughs) 
You brought us here. <laughs> no, Google brought us here. <laughs> hip, hip, hooray for the elephants on parade. Reliant Elephant Parade by Reliant K. Again, I don't completely understand rhyme zone and why we're looking up elephant yam, but that's where we're at. And then we have a blog. And this is by Merlot23. And we may have been here before. Um, so I might just skip ahead to there. They like reviewed each song off air for free. So if you've heard this before, Dan, let me know and I'll, I'll just skip ahead. Okay. Uh, Reliant K, air for free, uh, 2016, grade A. In brief, Reliant K dodges the expectations created both by their pop punk heyday and their abysmal attempt at a pop crossover on Collapsible oh, Lung. And comes up with their best album yet in the process. It's less guitar-oriented and more piano and arrangement-heavy than classic Reliant K, at times feeling like a spiritual successor to Forget and Not Slow Down. But the hints that Reliant K had an album like this inside them seem somewhere have really been there since the beginning this doesn't sound too familiar okay i honestly can't think of the last time when my expectations of an album were so far from reality and the reality was significantly better than what i was expecting i can definitely think of bands that have let me down with one record only to make a strong comeback with the next but i'm usually not the type to respond with such massive negativity as a band's fan base usually responds to a change in sound. So for most of the bands I follow, the gap between their good stuff and bad stuff isn't that huge to begin with. But Reliant K broke the scale on this one. Their 2013 album Collapsible Lung seems so out of character for them that while I didn't expect their next record to repeat all of its mistakes, I had lost enough faith in them that I figured even a mediocre follow-up would be an improvement. So imagine my surprise when three years later they came out with Air for Free, a record harsh. which is no longer <laughs> I don't feel like we're this harsh. A record which is not only their longest and most instrumentally diverse, but also one that turns out to be the most consistent song for song in their dis- entire discography. I realize I'm probably breaking a good chunk of their fan base by saying that because I was never a huge fan of that pop punk style that the group started out with, finding myself instead drawn to the massive pop hooks, strong vocal harmonies, and witty slash punny lyrics that gave the group a unique character, despite their chosen genre not being the one that really excited me. Air for Free doesn't completely abandon that style. A few tricks that still have the electric guitars roaring and the drums pounding and serve up strong hooks in keeping with their classic material but i'd say a good chunk of the record is more acoustic guitar and or piano based with some of it even qualifying as baroque pop i think that i think it's a sound that their fan well, if it ain't broke don't <laughs> fix it i think it's a sound of their that their fans of their 2009 album forget and not slow down will appreciate though that record as a whole is still more aggressive than this one and also if you like more complex and contemplative highlights like let it all out when i go down or deathbred from their earlier albums you'll probably find a lot like deathbred is that a thing here as well out of 16 tracks and a lot of stylistic changes put it on am i right deathbred both between the songs and sometimes abruptly in the middle of a song itself i'm surprised that not only are each of them complete self-contained songs no 
interludes or conjoined twin tracks like the ones that made listening to Forget and Not Slow Down on Shuffle a bad idea, but that there's also not a single dud in the bunch. For a group that skated by with a few lame jokes and forgettable filler tracks, even on hey. their best albums prior to this one. Hey, that's yeah, God, a heck God of forbid a, lot. a band try to have fun. God forbid a band try to actually be fun, <laughs> like enjoy themselves and make people laugh, in, as well as listen to good music. God forbid music ever be fun. <laughs> The reason I think this album draws obvious comparisons to Forget Not Slow Down is due to the more introspective slash relational nature of the lyrics. Forget was very much a breakup album written in the wake of lead singer Matt Thiessen's called off engagement. And you could easily listen to severe. I know. <laughs> to several of these new tracks. I think they were written during the same time period. Or. Or else during a similar situation in a more in a more recent relationship. However, guitarist and only other remaining member Matt Hoops also went through a divorce while this album was in the works. So a number of the more bittersweet relationship songs could be from his perspective. This all probably sounds quite depressing, but I've always felt that while the bad breakup songs are the ones that just wallow in defeat and bitterness, the good breakup songs are the postmortems that try to get to the bottom of what went wrong and how a person can learn from the pain. Just due to Reliant K's nature being influenced by the pop punk bands they loved in their youth, some of the... (laughs) I don't know if the mic picked that up. Some of the indie pop that trickled, some of the indie pop that's tickled the fancy of listeners like me who grew (laughs) out of simply expecting everything to rock, R-A-W-K, all the time and more classic fare like the Beach Boys. There's a whimsical overtone to a lot of the music they make, even when the lyrics are melancholy. And there are a few upbeat songs that continue to affirm their Christian faith. And even one that's apparently just there for silliness's sake. Like in the old days. Pretty much everything I've ever liked about Reliant K happens on this record. Plus a lot of things I never thought I'd hear on a Reliant K record that still totally fit their personality. One more paragraph and then we can get down to it. As surprising as the stylistic shifts may be to someone who just expects another mm-hmm, which was pretty, which was a pretty expansive record in and of itself based on what the group had done before it. There's never a moment aside from perhaps a the ill-advised use of autotune on one track. Thank you. There's a, where it feels like they're <laughs> aping a popular trend or writing something untrue to themselves exactly that was the biggest problem i had with collapsible lung it just felt like a botched attempt to bait a crossover audience that ultimately didn't bite air for free isn't out to prove anything to the masses it's just two guys following their muse and given that i'm quite pleasantly surprised that it manages to throw so many curveballs while remaining so instantly likable throughout This album is far and away my favorite thing released in 2016 to date, and that's quite a shot coming from a band that landed itself on my dishonorable mentions list a mere three years ago. (laughs) Oh, because of of Collapsible Lung. I get it. Okay. Scrolling down. I thought that man said mom for a second, and I was confused. Uh, Where 
Where's Elephant Parade? Here we go. Uh, Elephant Parade. Remember how I said that local construction seemed a bit circusy at first? This song's got to be doing that deliberately. Well, obviously. What with its references <laughs> to elements and other animals. Elements? This time the... Re- you know, like rain. I mean, what do you mean elements? This time the rhythm is even jauntier and there's a trombone in the mix. So the wackiness has got to be intentional. So it's ska. The, the song's almost got a bitter mood to it. You know, every song is technically intentional. Well, I mean, I'm sure plenty of things are like funny when they weren't meant to be funny, but whatever. With the refrain of hip, hip, hooray for the elephants on parade sounding anything but happy... There's a reference to airing out your dirty laundry on a weather vane that makes me wonder if this song is about awkward or uncomfortable detail of the band members' personal lives being put on public display. See, I was saying, like, that's where the the song meetings kind of felt like they were going. Um, And having to navigate a PR nightmare in situations where the rest of us could at least work out our issues privately and much like man the song turns a corner midway through with the piano chords steadily coming to a rolling boil bringing the song to a very different climax from what we'd have expected given its opening verses and once again i love the wordplay here any band that thinks to rhyme jack rabbit with dag nabbit is okay in my book grade b plus i feel like the looney tunes could have come up with that specific (laughs) rhyme I feel like Elmer. I feel like, Fudd, I feel like Elmer Fudd has come up with that same line. What what it's worth to me? Oh, they do a grading of how much they would pay for each song. Oh wow! Bummin a dollar fifty. Local construction two dollars. Mrs. Hippopotamus is a dollar seventy five. Cat one dollar. Man a dollar seventy five. Air for free one dollar. God a dollar twenty five. So specific. <laughs> There's one that's just like it's just like seventy six cents. Uh, elephant parade a dollar 25 mountaintop two dollars sleep in two dollars empty house 75 cents flower 175 marigold 125 run in 175 prodigal one heartache 150 total 2350 interesting that's a way to go. We should instead of do you like this song better, the same or more or, or less. <laughs> so we're gonna start doing it. Yeah, we're gonna start. To get, <laughs> how much money would you give this this track? Uh, and then there is a company out of Dana Point, uh, California, that is called Elephant Parade. And it is a social enterprise and runs the world's largest <laughs> art exhibition of decorated elephant statues created by artists and celebrities. Each elephant statue is a unique art piece. The life-size baby elephant statues are exhibited in international cities and raise awareness for the need of elephant conservation. Limited edition handcrafted replicas and a select range of products are created from the exhibition Elephants. 20% of Elephant Parade net profits are donated to elephant welfare and conservation projects. Be a part of it. And yeah. Hey, you're part of it classic Reliant K song, even if it was sung by Piebald. So one thing that that review that you read through mentioned was how there's no none of those breakup tracks, you know, like Forget and Not Slow Down. But I did think to myself that the second half of this song 
like this, you know, could have been bro- broken off. Like, this is the end if you want it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we said that to John Schneck where, like, there, when we talked to him and he wasn't as familiar with Air for Free at the time, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot more Forget Not Slow Down-ness to Air for Free. Like, I think that there's a couple of tracks on there that they would have broken up, that Tyson and Hoops or whoever would have broken up, a la Forget Not Slow Down. And I think this is one of them. I think they probably could have been broken up on Forget Not Slow Down. Anyway, my segment. (laughs) (laughs) This is a song that has not been played a lot, but it was played during the extension. Seems like it was mostly played during the extension, the final extension of Searching for America, Looking for America. Okay. (laughs) In 2017. So this is really like the end of the Switchfoot Reliant K tour. They started throwing it into the mix because there are two performances on youtube of this song i'm excited to hear it like you know sort of broken down like more bare bones just raw without all of the extra sort of stuff happening at the beginning so there's one performance in fresno california in 2017 and then there's this one in marion indiana which is i think the better one so i'm going to play this one marion indiana 2017 and this is uploaded by crease c-r-e-e-s Oh, and this was actually like a 26-minute full, you know, assortment of snippets that they caught of the concert. And so this is the specific snippets of Elephant Parade that they caught. It's very, it's a, it's a strange little rock, like, Yeah, I'm vibe-y. like, I can't think of that. I was like, I wanted to be like, what is this? It's almost like a strip club song. What is this, <laughs> like, new wave song? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like some, it's, yeah, it's like this strange, it's like a slightly, like, it's just like a sexier beat. You know what I mean? It is like a sexier beat. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's kind of a goofy, jazzy beat in the original, but here it's kind of like a more modern, like, Do you think that they played this beat. before or after uh, Disaster? Do you think Dumbo was the movie playing on the TV for the kid in the other room? Yes, I, that's exactly what, that's what I thought. Didn't I say that in the episode? I must have not got to that note when we talked about Disaster. interesting like it definitely is a different thing from the record but you can see how it's very much its own thing and still has the core of what made the song the song that it is and it's just those you know it's it the big difference to me between the fast part of this song and the fast part of local construction is those fills like that really does a lot for me to enjoy it a lot better when local construction is just that one faster beat 
So let's double check the Fresno uh, performance after this UMass Global ad. And I will, f I'll fast forward to about a minute 25 in, and this is uploaded by Chris Too Much. Chris spelled K-R-I-S Too Much. So it just sounds a little better than that other video, but yeah, it's a, it's the same thing and it's cool. It's really good. It's nice to hear live in that different way. I would love to hear this on the tour coming up. I know, you know, uh, I think John Schneck, who I've mentioned a lot in this episode, sorry. <laughs> he did say on Twitter recently that his one of his favorite songs to be playing live right now in rehearsals is Local Construction. Nice. So, I love everything it. Everything I've said against the song. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder what, like, he's enjoyed playing off yeah. of the... and Ethan. I wonder yeah. what else Ethan... Yeah, exactly. I wish we'd thought... It... We didn't ask him that specifically. What are you enjoying? He did talk about, uh, you know, what it's like playing songs that he didn't work on for Air for Free. But we should ask, what are you enjoying from Air for Free? You know, it's so funny that Ethan and John Schneck and John Warren left the band in 2013 and 2014-ish for the Johns. And they all only missed one album. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's so funny that, like, they've left, you know, Schneck and Ethan are coming back to the band after nine years, and they only missed one album. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple EPs, but, you know. So, um, there's a fun dance diary by Brody Burns, and it's just him dancing, and he has a real chaotic opening where he's like, he's I guess he does a dance every day for the camera, and he picks nice. a different song, nice. and he's like, here we go, this is my dance, I'm going to do this, should I start this intro over? Nope, it's too late, going to do it. <laughs> Had very Sadie Hawkins pod energy. <laughs> Bring it on then. <laughs> yeah, oh, you want to watch it? Okay. Yeah. At least we should definitely watch the opening. Number 17, Dance Diaries number 17. This isn't just the number 17 or any video. These are the dance diaries coming at you live in New York. From New York, not Saturday Night Live, not from New York. So all of that was false. Oh, can we get this guy to be the third host of Sadie Hoggins' pod? Days old, whatever. Dance diaries number 17. Brody Burns, where you at? Let's get some dance on the podcast. How many dance? How many dance? There must be lots of podcasts about dancing, but. Elefante is correct. But um, I'm so I'm so we should just redo this. But I can't. The elephant parade. And he's like I bet dancing. Brody's real big on TikTok. <laughs> Maybe. And Brody's dancing in like a dark parking lot. <laughs> Not as dark as that beaming dark parking lot video we watched, which was like at the edge of the universe. Like this one, there's street lights <laughs> at least. But again, this is still very David Lynch esque. Yes. This is more Showtime David Lynch. Whereas, He's doing a lot of hip thrusts. Yeah, the the beaming dancing in the dark, uh, no pun intended for dancing in the dark, the beaming dancing in a dark parking lot video was more DavidLynch.com. Brody's dancing in a dark parking lot is more season three of Twin Peaks. Absolutely. 
So here is a cover. This is a multi-track cover of the same person playing uke and trombone and all these other instruments. I forgot to log in as you, so we got to do another commercial. And here we go. This is uploaded by Scuttleston. Scuttleston. Error. Hold on, Scuttleston. Uh, this week I cover Elephant Parade by Reliant K. This is off their album Air for Free, which I highly recommend. Thanks, Nader Solomon, for the recommendation. Put your recommendations in the comments to see Reliant K's original song. Here it is. And they give a link to the song. So this is a two-minute version of Elephant Parade with uh, the same you know musician doing five tracks for the camera. Very nice. <laughs> That's super fun. Yeah. You know, I can see a little bit more of the like the Dixieland ragtime kind of feel in yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. When so, you really break it, break it all down. Right. So here's a, I'll go about, let's hear the last, oh no, this is, he's, he's talking here. So really this is like a minute and 15 seconds. So let's hear the last 15 seconds to see if it gets changed up at all. So that's amazing, Skittleston. Love it. And it really, that's the only real cover. There's a piano cover by Skip's Build. And there's a and there's a drum cover, but you know drum covers are drum covers. Here's the piano cover, real quick, by Skips Builds. Nice. Also nice. Yeah. Just not a lot of like, not a lot of output for this song. I guess it is a very complicated song, so it probably doesn't uh, make it easy for people to think, oh, I'm going to cover Elephant Parade. And then before I forget, of course, they sent, you know, we had him, he was here on a voicemail earlier. And how can I forget? Because I almost did forget. And Jessica reminded me. Saving the best for last. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm saving the best for last. You know what the problem is? JC Keith's covers don't come up with searching of Reliant K elephant parade or reliant k air for free like their tracks are properly published so they're not tagged as reliant oh, k gotcha. so i gotta remember go get jc keith and i remembered when we had john savage on in a voicemail just now but i earlier but i forgot to actually put it on the list thank goodness for jessica you're the heart and soul of this podcast <laughs> here is jc keith's cover of elephant parade from their full length entire air for free re-recorded version of the whole album This is great. This is like it's a so whole, good. Yeah, it's just like a whole other kind of. This is more like ragtimey, yeah, jazzy. Yeah, I, they than, really elevated the jazz, and yeah, I like that. Yeah, 
they took something that exists within the song and brought it to the top, like air bubbles coming up <laughs> to the surface. So here's um, two minutes and 20 seconds into J.C. Keith's version of the song. I got a feeling that I want to be alone with you And I got the feeling that you might want to be alone with me too Take your finger and snap, just like that And I had to say it, baby, let's go And make it home for our shows And full of fragmentation gets us to the point at last But no relax until they give us all our memory back Touche, but they had the wherewithal to take it all out of order anyway They can always make you pay up And I will ever change, it never cease to be amazed It bubbles up and overflows and then it goes away I want to hold and nurture every second of this life that has been given to me This is great. This is fantastic. This is another one. I don't like because they're friends of the podcast, so I don't always like writing the J.C. Keith songs when they're not up to par with the original album. So you can just figure it out when I say this one's up to par with the album. Right. <laughs> and then go and find the episodes where I didn't say that, and uh. then J.C. Keith can be mad at me for those ones. So this one's definitely up to par with the album. So uh, that's great. Fantastic. I really like it. It whole nother you know the core of the song in a very different way so joel this is what we'll end on joel sent us two rave djs months ago and luckily i saved them joel sent us a lot of rave djs back when we were really talking about rave dj like a year ago and i think i've we've already done songs and i missed talking about those but then i dug the email out made sure not to miss the the few that are left that we haven't talked about yet so here is this rave dj combination of what does this say hold on this is family force five dance or die <laughs> with an ai generated mashup of that song with elephant parade okay. cool <laughs> Okay, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> you know, the thing is with Rave DJ is it might get certain verses and choruses matched up really well, but it can't figure out the entire length of a song. So let's uh, go a minute in and see what happens there. Even more chaotic than either original song. Sometimes I think sometimes I think Rave DJ is best as a tool, as like a proof of concept tool for actual like mix uh, mashup artists. Like you can put two songs in and see if they have, you know, instead of you doing the work, see if there's something there. Like if I could be a mashup artist, sometimes I do a Rave DJ and it came out really well, but I wish I could actually like take out the keyboard on one song or something. So last one, and then we're done with this long, long elephant parade. <laughs> <laughs> this is Joel's second rave DJ, and this is Elephant Parade combined with Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting idea, but... Uh, it works. It's working. Yeah. It's just not perfect. Rave DJ can only can't take out instruments. I'm gonna skip ahead to uh, a minute and 34 in. <laughs> I landed on this, basically the same spot a minute later. I like this. I like this stomping elephanty <laughs> crab array beat on top of someone doing that like call and response hip hop inspired pop thing. That's interesting. There should there's probably a ton of that. I was going to say there should be more of that. And I'm like, you know what? There's probably a ton of that in like contemporary New Orleans jazz, and I just don't know those artists. So I got to search more of that out. That's what I want. I want more of that. Anyway, Jessica. Yes. The circus is wrapping up. It's moving out of town. <laughs> Maybe you are going to hop on the train with them and hit and hit the road and live the circus life for you. But before you go, let me know. What do you think of the song Elephant Period by Reliant K as we measure these things? Do you like it more now that we've covered it on this podcast? The same or less? I like it more. I'd like it more as well. Yeah, to me, this was kind of background noise, and it must be because of that placement on the digital version of the album. When we would listen to Air for Free in its entirety on a road trip, you know, I you know, I wouldn't take special note listening to Elephant Parade. It would just kind of bridge the gap between other songs that I felt more. But now I'm getting more feeling out of this song. I guess that's the thing, is I never had a feeling for this song. I never connected to an emotion other than dancing around to the cabaret jazz. But now... I have more of an emotional connection to this song. So good job, Reliant K. Good, good job. If you didn't listen, if Reliant K is one of those people that doesn't listen all the way through the end of the episode, make sure everyone <laughs> at mention Hoops oh, no. no, no, and no, Tyson no, no, and no, let no, them no. know this time oh, code no. that no, you're no, currently no. looking at and say, <laughs> no, no. here's what Sadie oh. Hawkins Pod thought of Elephant Parade. They said, good job. He just wasted two hours of your life. Ba-da-da-da-da-da.